0: This is an ABC podcast. The important things that my uh, grandmother taught me was to treat everyone with respect. This is a very important figure in my life. She always taught me to be hardworking, humble, and I must always be full of
1: love as well.
2: So the grandmother is the wish them. And she gives a different balance in the, the grandchildren's life and a, their sense of um, identity, of who they are. I think the
3: influence that she would have had on my children was go out and get what you, you believe is yours. Be firm and get it. Be persistent. Be assertive and get what you need. Speak up for what you believe in. Don't give in and believe that you have limitations.
4: What has your grandmother taught you? What's your name for her? My Apuri was an adorable woman and she taught me how to make the Kaukau Garden. Anyone who knows Hangens know that a cowko garden is quite unique. It's made using small mountains. Apuri also taught me how to make bilums And I was lucky enough to grow up surrounded by my daughter and aunties in Mount Hagen, Western Islands province. Each of them had different roles, for example. One was the disciplinarian. She was the one I feared the most. The other was the wise one. We all lived next to each other. It was communal living and a village life. But as more people move away from their villages, from their extended families, from their elders, what happens to that special relationship between a grandmother and a grandchild? And how can that bond be kept close? I'm Hilda Wayne. Sisters, let's talk about our amazing grandmothers. Sayuli Salamasina von Reiki is the host of the new ABC Radio Australia program, Culture Compass. She had three grandmothers, Mama Tunu, Auntie Salamasina and Grandma Ainsley. Each thought of different and incredible things. And I'll start with my, my mother's mother. Her name
5: was Lily Tunu And she was, uh, she played a big role in bringing me up as a child. I spent most of my childhood with her. She was very, she was a very beautiful woman. And um, as a grandmother, to me, she was the one who taught me how to dance. Um, She showed me a lot of love and kindness. And um, with me, she used to take me around with her to all our different relatives. Uh, which is why I know a lot of my my extended families now that I'm older. My mother was adopted by her father's sister, uh, the the late Toa Salamasi Malietoa. and um, Toa was a principal at a girls' college. It was called Papoto Girls College, and it's very well known in Samoa during her time. So, Mum was also also had another mother who was another grandmother to me. And Toa Selamasina was a historian in our family, so she was the one who taught us a lot about our history. And also, she would take me to her school, Epapota School, and I spent a lot of time there when I was growing up. And I learned uh, things like weaving, um, how to how to perform the Ava ceremony, um, how to dance again with all the girls, and also religion.
4: Sala says she learned so much about their Samoan customs and traditions through these two women. They used to go to many cultural activities and
5: I was the bag carrier. I was mm-hmm. the one who was in charge of their handbags. So I always got the front row seat to every um, whatever they were going to, whether it was a funeral a wedding, um, some big um cultural events going on in, in the main parts of town, I was always the one at the front row seat. So that was all on my mother's side. And now I'll move on to my father's side. <laughs> and Amazing. I'm, lo- <laughs> I'm loving this. <laughs> my father's mother, she was part, um, part English and part Samoan. She had a big mix of blood in her. So we also... We had extended families, um, you know, in Australia. We had her bloodlines were taking us across the Pacific. She was a very strong woman. She was very business savvy. Her and my grandfather had uh, uh, big businesses, uh, general merchants in Samoa at the time when I was younger, when I was little growing up. And I always saw her as a hard worker.
4: Grandma Ainsley was much more than a businesswoman, she thought Salah out to ride horses and break them in, and she helped out on the land. She was also a, a, sh- a good shot.
5: She was a sharpshooter. She would. Um, my grandfather would pick out the, the cows because they had a big cattle farm. So my grandfather would pick out which which uh, beast to kill. My grandmother was the one with the shotgun, and she <laughs> she would be the one who would shoot, you know, do the killing. Because she was <laughs> such a sharpshooter, she'd get it right at the target. Wow. <laughs> she was also a great cook. I think the, the main thing that she sent she, she passed down to us, um, and she also taught my mom, is how to make the mango chutney. Her mango chutneys were famous throughout all our families and our extended families. So as soon as it's mango season, Everybody know, knew that they had to save their their mangoes for Grandma Ainsley's uh, mango chutneys, <laughs> and if you didn't get a bottle, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> her love for animals was uh, was great. She uh, she loved all all animals, and especially her dogs, and that also taught me how to. How to love and respect animals was through her. She um, she also at one stage had an ostrich. <laughs> she was also a great fisherman. She taught me how to fish.
1: Wow.
5: <laughs> she was a winning fisherwoman, and if there was a fishing tournament going on, she'd be the first one in there. Her last fish was a 90-pound Marlin.
2: And wow. that was on her
5: on her 90th birthday. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> yes, she was. She was. She was a fantastic um, woman, and and she loved to drive cars. And she taught me. She said to me, "Women, girls can do anything." It was a, it was a, a six wheeler truck, and she said to me, "Get behind the wheel and drive this truck. We're going to the <laughs> we're going to the plantation, and it's your turn to drive." So. <laughs> That's how I learned how to drive a big six-wheeler truck when everybody else was in their normal little
4: hatchbacks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Salah, so like you you just had the most amazing upbringing. Do you think that actually sets you up for the rest of your life? It has. I've always
5: um, I've always used these experiences. Sorry, <laughs> I've always uh, treasured. These uh, experiences from my grandmothers,
4: all three of them,
5: uh, they were very special to me.
4: You've mentioned quite a lot, but what are some things that they've passed on to you that you value the most? Uh, Just um,
5: that hardworking ethic,
4: um,
5: kindness, uh, to love your family, especially love. That's um, that was the biggest thing they gave
4: me. Sala's experience growing up with her grandmother shows just how much we can learn from our boobos. So she also made sure her own six children, growing up mostly in Samoa, had special relationships with both of their grandmas. Her own mother, Papa Papali'i Momoi, had 19 grandchildren most of them live abroad, but Momoi still plays a big role in their lives.
6: So some of them are now all grown and have their own lives, but we still have a link. We have a bond with them. So of course they all grew up um, with all our family cultures. And yes, I think it was very special. It is still very special.
4: Momoi formed strong relationships with their grandkids early on.
6: Some of them, when they were growing up, because I'm an artist, and I think that was their bond with me in relationship, because I would share a lot of creativity with them. They shared dancing, they shared uh, painting, drawing, uh, performances, things like that. And I think that's how my bond with them is so much stronger because I think there's so much in the world to learn. And I think through art, if you're a child, there's nothing more connecting than doing artwork and just playing and creating and dancing and writing poetry, whatever.
4: And uh, is it different being a grandmother and being a mom to your daughter? Like
6: Salah, she's my eldest daughter, but um, her, her children are like my friends, uh, like Bemoia, <laughs> for example. Uh, That's
4: amazing. Yeah.
6: Um, I think uh, the role of a mother is very important, grandmother. Because, uh, I mean, I always think of children around the world that do not have mothers. And the surrogate mother is always a grandmother. Mm. So our role as grandmothers are very vital. And very important because we, I think we hold that steadiness and like a safety haven for all those little ones that do not have mothers. And I see that in my grandchildren. I think it's very important that we're there for them. Whatever they want and need, you need, you're like there, you're like a, well, you're like a a person that they come to. If the mother chases them away, at least they can come and, you know, their ideas and what they think or their sadnesses on you as a grandmother. And I think that's my role, and I enjoy it very much. Yeah.
4: So how do you continue that role and maintain that important relationship when you don't live in the same place? And is the grandmother, grandchild born under threat as families move away from home and each other? Um, in a
6: sense, in some I think in some uh, societies, but I think our societies here are very close knit. And um, you have your Instagram and Facebook. Yes, I think those two, these are, if you have like these modern technology now, you connect with these kids all the time. So I think the bond is still there. Mom
5: has her Instagram and Facebook and that's how she keeps up with all her grandchildren around <laughs>
4: around in other countries. That's that's She's, that's amazing. And she talk- checks on them daily. <laughs> Stock them on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> you
5: so, all know Nana's watching.
4: Uh, <laughs>
2: My grandchildren carry my story and who I am and how my family become. I tell them my ancestors' story, and and we are the, uh, grounded, grandmothers, at the solid sort of foundation of the children's life.
1: When you hear that a woman's going to go to the hospital to deliver, the first people they check is where's the grandmother.
3: She was there, and my grandchildren were born. She was there, and she helped my my children look after my grandchildren as well.
4: You're listening to Sisters Let's Talk on ABC Radio Australia. Momoy has found a way to connect with many grandchildren abroad by using technology and social media. But if your grandmother lives in a village where the internet connection is bad, it becomes more challenging. That's been the case for Guale Ageta Siramondo, who lives in Fiji, while her bubus are in Papua New Guinea. I know it's a bit—it's a bit hard for you to connect with your bubu or your grandmothers. Uh, can you yes. talk about the challenges that you, that you face trying to connect with your bubus?
1: So, one thing is um, communication. The lack of communication, sometimes unable to call them because of the internet or because they don't have access to technology. Um, also because of uh, not all the time, but sometimes language barriers um, because we because I grew up um, around. Um, the city, so uh, I don't really know how to speak uh, my native language, so that that is also an issue.
4: That's that's sad, isn't it? When you cannot speak with your bubus in your own language, mm. yeah. Kuala has met her grandmothers when she was younger and she knows them today through stories from her parents. Fortunately, she has been able to be in touch more often with her great aunt, Nancy, who is based in Port Moresby. Our aunties and great aunties have the same important role of caring and passing on culture, wisdom and knowledge.
1: Growing up, She's someone who's like always been there for my family and I. She's she has a, she has had a positive positive influence on my sibling and I's life. She's always uh, kind. She's always visiting us. She's she, we growing up. She we were really close to her. We would always visit her, and she would always um,
4: she would always spoil us. <laughs> <laughs> don't they all do that and um, what are some things that she taught you that you still remember
1: she taught me how to bake I remember when we were little we would go to her house and we would uh, bake together and um, she she was a career woman she was smart and she was kind. And she, um, I liked how she was smart and thoughtful.
4: So when you're in Fiji and uh, your auntie is in Port Moresby, mm-hmm. right? Yes. How do you keep in touch with her?
1: I usually, we usually call on mom's phone, either through WhatsApp or Messenger, video call, like every once in a while
4: being apart from her grandchildren hasn't stopped great aunt nancy from being an important influence in their lives
0: i taught them how to you know to to be to be themselves you know to stand up and, and also to to listen to, to their parents um you know to um to be their, uh, to do their best in school you know, um, education I- is very important uh, for for young people nowadays, and it's what takes you to, to places and you know gives you uh, a good job. So you know, I- I've instilled in them that you know uh, it's important that that you learn uh, uh, in school. Mm,
4: that's really important. And uh, is-, is there kind of a regret that? Um, this, this need to get away from home and, you know, to go overseas or go away from home to look for better opportunities. Is there a bit of regret that the kids are not connecting with their bubus back in the villages? Well, yes.
0: Uh, personally, uh, I, I, I feel that, you know, for, for the parents, you know, to, to seek a better life for their children, you know, we had that uh, when, when we were growing up, but we didn't have the opportunity uh, like they do now to, to go overseas a lot. Um, now the doors, you know, open, you know, parents are able to get jobs overseas. So they take their children overseas and, and the the opportunity or the chance to come home and, and really um, get to know know their roots is not there, you know. Uh, a lot of parents, you know, tend to to think about their work and, and to give their children the best. And it's very, very hard for them to uh, to bring their children home because of the airfares and, you know, it's just too much for them. And yeah, there is a regret that our kids are not taught the village, you know, lifestyle or the things that, you know, we, we knew growing up.
4: Nancy, what do you think is lost when they don't get that opportunity to go home and connect with their roots and know, you know, where they come from?
0: A sense of identity, I suppose, because a lot of Papua New Guineans go overseas and, you know, you you see a countryman, you know, and you say, oh, are you from Papua New Guinea? And, you know, they don't say, you know, I'm from Simbu or I'm from Keramo or this thing. They say I'm from Papua New Guinea. It's sad for them that that they lose uh, that uh, that tie uh, with with their families back home. Um, mostly, it's to do with 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 the culture, uh, the traditions um, that you know. Uh, those of us that live in country, uh, you know, are able to get whilst they're overseas and they don't get to 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 to, uh, to learn that.
4: Now. Um you and I maybe we come we we were kind of blessed enough to be raised in our early childhoods to be surrounded by our aunties and our booboos um from where I come from, different aunties and booboos they have distinct kind of responsibilities or um things knowledge that they need to pass on to us as girls or even the sons with their booboo man and all that is that the same for for your culture as well Yes. do they have dif- different yeah, yeah. the
0: saying goes that it takes a village to to uh you know to bring up a, a child you know like in a village meaning you know it's not only your your own uh, parents but you know your aunties, your uncles or your cousins and and your boobos you know have a hand in, in in bringing you up in raising you so you know they teach things to you that you know your parents may not teach you and and these are things that are instilled in you. Yeah. So, yeah, Very important yeah. Thing. yeah. Uh, aunties and uncles and, you know, even cousins, you know, big cousins, it can, you know, uh, uh, help to re- really, raise a, a child to be a, a good person in, in their lives.
4: True. And uh, how important are you to your uh, grandmothers, although you're in Port Moresby. What, what is it that they have installed in you that I, you value? sadly
0: I never met my, my grandmothers on both sides so I, I never got that sort of love that you know they can instill in us. but yeah I did get to meet my aunties, my dad's you know uh, sisters and my mom's sisters. So when I left home and, and, and at a very early age, young age, I have uh, not gone back. And and that's sad. That's very sad. But I try to keep in contact with, with them. But they, they had a, you know, my aunties, you know, had a very big hand in teaching me a lot of things, which I I keep, you know, th- things that they do at home, like making grass skates or, or making sago or, or, or cooking the local, you know, food. You know, these are things that my aunties were able to teach me. This is something that we can teach our own children too and, and nieces and nephews, you know, grandchildren. We need to teach them these traditions and, and cultures that are very important and are good, and are good for, for them. You're listening to
1: Sisters Let's Talk on ABC Radio Australia.
4: While it is amazing to be able to stay in touch online and pass on teachings that way, there's nothing like the physical embrace of your grandma and being in their presence. Mondo is Auntie Nancy's niece and Guala's mother. She says when she takes her kids back to Papua New Guinea, seeing her children unite with their family is always a touching experience.
7: For me, like, family is is, is that way. We are all you know, I try my best to teach my children about um, the importance of keeping a close knit uh, family relation, whether it's a grand aunt or a grandmother, on my side or that side. Um, yes, we we always um, try to make time to take our children home, and we never fail to tell them about their roots, where they come from, um, the important people in their lives, like their grandparents, and Um, it's been a while since we took them back to visit them. I think the last time was in 2018. And, um, we would love to go back soon to, for the children to, you know, visit and connect with their grandmothers and their, um, um, other relatives, um, at home. Um, it's, it's always, um, an emotional um, reunion every time for, for us and the children. And always the first stop is in Port Mosby where we meet um, my auntie, my aunt Nancy. And um, sometimes we try to surprise her, <laughs> just popping <laughs> up at her place. And yeah, it, it's always such a beautiful, um, emotional um um, experience for us and our children every time and there's always loads and loads of tears <laughs> yeah.
2: because I come from another culture I like my grandchildren to know my identity, who I am and if they ever go back to my country and set foot in my village they have feel a sense of belonging that's where they belong it's in their DNA in their blood and in their bone.
0: My language name is Halia. And my name of my grandmother's language is Halia.
3: If you spoke to my children, they all say the same thing about my mom that um, that courage, that boldness, and and that's how influential she has been, my daughter.
1: My kids have a very, very close relationship with the grandmother, and she spoils them. It's funny because some of the things she said, you cannot do this, she said to us, but to them, you can do
3: this. And my, my mother still, she would argue her case. And when people, you know, argue with her, that she would say, you know, it's sad that I wasn't educated. If I was educated, I would be a lawyer. That is why I now have two grandchildren lawyers.
2: So, my grandchildren can understand and acknowledge my identity and who I am. And that is their identity.
4: This episode has made me feel so nostalgic, thinking about the days in the Kaukau Kau Garden with my apuri. I miss it so much. Thank you so much to all my guests today for sharing the love and respect for their grandmothers, aunties and great aunties. And thank you so much for joining me, Hilda Wayne, for Sisters Let's Talk on ABC Radio Australia, a weekly show by Pacific Islands Women for Pacific Islands Women, where we get together to talk about the issues and people that are important to us. If you've missed an episode of this show, catch up on our podcast. You can listen on the ABC Pacific website or on your favorite podcast app. If you've got a topic you'd like me to cover on the show or any feedback, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a message anytime at the ABC Pacific Facebook page or email sisters at abc.net.au. That is S-I-S-T-A-S at abc.net.au. Next time on Sisters Let's Talk, we know the seasonal workers' schemes in Australia and New Zealand bring much-needed money to our families. But what impact does it have on the women and communities left at home?
1: There's more talk about the negative impacts of the program in communities. And it feels like the negative aspect of the program outweighs
4: the positive impacts of rural communities. Uh, experiencing losing the young, active and uh, the workforce uh, to the program, seasonal workers program. Uh, the number one issue concerning provincial child desk offices, uh, child who have their parents travel through seasonal workers program. Uh, marital issues, uh, parents have become single due to the uh, separations. That's next time on Sisters Let's Talk. Sisters Let's Talk is an ABC Radio Australia production presented by me, Hilda Wayne. Our producer is Alice Matthews. Supervising producer is Kim Lester and Faleanga Fulu, Inga Stunsna, is our executive producer. Sisters Let's Talk is created on Wiradjuri, Nanowol, Nambri, Yagura, Turbul, and Dharanbol Country and we pay our respects to elders past and present. Mtason nabungimu next time.